Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Soon to be prosecuted, Loudoun County's former school superintendent and school's spokesman, I'm Christy King. A Northern Virginia leader wants to see a change in how express lanes work on 95. I'm Mike Marilla. Gains on Wall Street, closing bell Monday, kicking off your business week. The Dow was up 529 points. CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Dell Small Business. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington, preparing for snow in the Midwest. In Minnesota, we're always planning for inclement weather. XL Energy Regional Vice President John Marshall says the crews are ready to roll in case there are outages. He says down trees and car crashes can cause headaches. There is some added immediacy and, and intensity in the winter times, wanting to make sure that both the electric or natural gas, if any is disrupted, to get those restored as safely and as quickly as possible. Inside a Minneapolis Ace Hardware store, Folks were stocking up on bags of salt and other storm supplies. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. The founder of the now-defunct FTX cryptocurrency exchange has been arrested in the Bahamas at the request of the U.S. Charges that will be brought against Sam Bankman-Fried will be unveiled later today. Coindesk reporter Nick Day says there are a lot of questions about how FTX handled its customers' funds. There was no real clarity as to you know, who was able to access these funds, that insiders were able to take these funds and buy houses and real estate in the Bahamas. Basically, uh, the sheer number of corporate governance failures that are being alleged are, are pretty severe, and I suspect that is a huge part of where some of these charges come from. The suspected Libyan intelligence official who federal prosecutors believe made the bomb that destroyed a passenger plane over Lockerbie, Scotland, 34 years ago, was in U.S. federal court on Monday. CBS's Deborah Alfaron on the appearance of Abu Gila, Mohammed Massoud. A bomb hidden in luggage detonated on the flight from London to New York just four days before Christmas in 1988. 259 people on board the plane were killed. 11 more on the ground died from falling debris. The FBI says Massoud admitted to building the bomb and coordinating the attack with two others during a 2012 interview with a Libyan law enforcement officer. An oil spill in a creek in northeastern Kansas has shut down a major pipeline that runs from Canada through the plains and to the Gulf Coast of Texas. It's the largest spill in the history of the Keystone Pipeline. Warren Martin heads up an oil industry nonprofit. Anytime that you have a malfunction of oil and gas anywhere, it's a very serious issue. And certainly no one takes it more serious than the oil and gas industry does. And remediations take place analysis must take place. What caused it? How did it happen? What can we do to prevent it? The former Roman Catholic priest in Northern Virginia has been convicted of the sexual abuse of a minor. 65-year-old Scott Asselone had entered what's called an Alford plea to felony sexual abuse of a minor between 13 and 15. The abuse happened in the mid-1980s. This is CBS News. Dell Technologies Days of Deals start now with specials on select business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Call 877-ASK-DELL. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil keeps going up as the Russia conflict escalates. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25,000 liquid, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. With car prices at an all-time high, our donors are now getting highest receipts ever. Don't miss out for 2022. Donate at carsforkids.org and your car can be picked up tomorrow. 
1877 cars for kids. Donate your car today. Hurry, it's your last chance to donate for 2022. WTOP at 403. Good Tuesday morning, December 13th, 2022. Sunny, chilly, but a dry day. We're going up to 43 for the high today. You're waking up to 38 in our nation's capital right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. We do indeed thank you for taking us along for your early Tuesday morning ride. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you as we do right into this Tuesday together. About three years after former D.C. Council member David Grosso went public with this, his story of abuse by a Northern Virginia priest, that former member of the clergy was found guilty just this week in Loudoun County in a courtroom. In a story you're hearing first here on WTLP this morning, Grosso shares what he felt to see the man who sexually abused him as a younger teenager appear before the judge this week. Just before jury selection, former Catholic priest Scott Azalone entered an Alford plea, admitting the evidence against him of felony carnal knowledge of a minor would result in a guilty verdict. I hadn't seen him since probably 1987. And, you know, I had to really gather myself and walk as fast as I could because we ran into him outside. Former D.C. lawmaker David Grosso was abused when he was 14, when Azalone was the rector of St. Francis de Sales in Percival. He left the church but never faced charges. You know, 37 years later, since I was assaulted, I think I wish I had gone to the police when I was 22 and gotten it all over with then. Azalone will be sentenced in April. Megan Cloherty, WTOP News. Michael Burbage of the Diocese of Arlington says victims of child sexual abuse continue to experience ongoing trauma and suffering even decades after the actual physical abuse took place. He is further urging any allegation of abuse be reported directly to the diocese as well as authorities. WTOP News Time, now 105. The former Loudoun County Public School Superintendent and his spokesman have been indicted this week by a special grand jury. The jurors in this case were impaneled to explore circumstances surrounding the school system's response to two separate sexual assaults actually by the same student. The Office of Virginia's Attorney General will be prosecuting the cases. Former school superintendent Scott Ziegler faces three counts. Two are related to a special education teacher the indictment says was penalized for making a court appearance and for expressing views on matters of public concern. The third misdemeanor handed down by the grand jury is related to Ziegler allegedly lying at a school board meeting when asked about assaults and bathrooms. Loudoun School spokesman Wade Byard faces a felony count of lying under oath. Chrissy King, WTOP News. We have a statement this morning here at WTLP from the family of one of the students assaulted. Speaking through their attorney, the family says that over the last 14 months since their daughter was assaulted, not one member of the school board administration or even our local high school leadership has actually reached out to check on how she is doing, lend any type of support or even apologize for what we are going through as a family. That alone, they say in this note, speaks volumes to what we have endured throughout this ordeal. Stay tuned. WTOP News Time, now 4.06. Two issues of transportation this Tuesday morning for you here on WTOP. If you live in Northern Virginia, would having express lanes in both directions, both directions, actually get you to and from work faster, you think? An area leader thinks so. When the express lanes came to I-95, Fairfax County Board of Supervisors Chair Jeff McKay says. I was strongly advocating when the project was first done that it was short-sighted to do reversible lanes. What makes a case for it? He says look at the I-66 express lanes that go in both directions all day. If you look at traffic volumes on I-66 and compare them to Interstate 95, 
uh, they're virtually identical. The story first reported by NBC4. He believes the existing right-of-way can be used for the extra lanes. And for express lane operator Transurban, it's a win because they lose revenue each day. And these lanes, to change directions are closed for hours every day. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. For more than 75 years, University of Maryland Global Campus has given working adults like you the opportunity to build your next success. Choose from more than 125 degree and certificate programs in career-relevant fields like business, healthcare, data analytics, cybersecurity, and more. Plus, we offer 100% online and hybrid courses, personalized advising, and lifetime career services. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate by CHEV. Good Tuesday morning, December 13th. Welcome into WTOP. Time now is 4.08. Michael and Son's heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford with us in the WTOP Traffic Center. Hello there, Dino. Something new has been added on 95 in Virginia. Let's start there. Southbound coming from the Springfield Interchange. Before you get to the Occoquan River Bridge, the disabled tractor trailer over on the right side. It's eating up two right lanes, so two left. We'll be getting you by as you get past exit 163. Past that, you are good all the way to Fredericksburg. The ride from Fredericksburg, most of the... Most of the work zones have cleared up overnight. We still see some cones in the road northbound near Garrisonville, but I think that's to keep you out of the express lanes, at least for the moment. So you should have fairly green lanes in the main travel lanes all the way to the Springfield Interchange. 66 still with cones in the road westbound near the Manassas Rest Area over on the right side. Eastbounders, you're seeing cones on the right. Single left getting by the work after 29 Centerville. But again, these should be gone here fairly soon. Capitol Bellway also waiting for the all clear on our work zone from the Legion Bridge to a point near the Dulles Toll Road. Left lane getting by there. In Maryland on 95 northbound, the work was near the Baltimore Beltway. The left lane and the ramp to the interloop of the Baltimore Beltway was blocked. 270 northbound caller says our work zone near Buckystown Pike. All done, gone, see you bye. Travel lanes have been reopened. In the district, in downtown, if you have to drive around the convention center, you're not going to get a chance to, and just don't even try. The African Leaders Summit has several streets closed. We have a list online at WTOP.com. Read that ahead of time and know before you go. Also, this will affect your Green Line travel. If you ride the Green Line to Mount Vernon Square, nope, not today. In fact, not today or tomorrow, as the Green Line will be bypassing Mount Vernon Square through closing tomorrow because of the African Leaders Summit. Looking for a safe used car? The Fitzgerald Auto Mall has hundreds of good cars, trucks, and SUVs next to a new car. A Fitzway used car is best. Visit Fitzmall.com today. I'm Ian Crawford, WTLP Traffic. We are tracking a storm system making its way across the country. That'll get here on Thursday. It's going to be a big deal. But first of all, your cold start to your Tuesday. We'll see high temperatures in the afternoon uh, into the mid to upper 40s. So make sure you dress warm for the day. It is going to be a little bit chilly and below average. Same deal on Wednesday. Cold start, uh, temperatures in the mid 40s in the afternoon. Thursday is the day, though. We'll see the rain and ice move in Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Could have some problems on area roadways Thursday morning, so we'll be tracking that for you very closely. Once again, Thursday is a weather alert day. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. Right now, we're at 37 in College Park as well on the National Mall. 35, you're waking up to in Fairfax. We are down to 34 degrees now in our nation's capital. Boreham Hour, Tuesday morning, December 13th, 2022. Welcome in. This check brought to you on WTOP this morning by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. The latest in the war between Russia and Ukraine coming right up on WTOP, where the time now is 411. Good morning. Hey, Washington fans, this is Doug Williams, Subo 22 MVP. 
Throughout my career, I've had my share of pain, but no one needs to live that life in pain. The Good Feet Store personally fit arch support for your feet that are engineered to relieve foot, knee, and back pain. When I found the Good Feet Store, I found the support I needed for my feet. Good Feet Arch Support helped relieve my foot and back pain and let me get back to living the life I love. I don't go a day without my Good Feet Arch Support. Stop by your nearest Good Feet store today for a free personalized fitting. Don't take my word for it. See the difference Good Feet Arch Support can make for you. Go to goodfeet.com to find the store nearest you and book your appointment or stop in today. Tell them Doug sent you. The Good Feet Store has seven locations in the greater D.C. and in greater Baltimore. Visit goodfeet.com to book your appointment today or stop by the store nearest you. I'm Jonathan Cotton, and we look forward to seeing you at the Good Feet Store. This is WTOP News. Now to the latest in the war between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine said to have launched a massive attack recently on Russian-occupied Crimea, and the impact of this attack is really said to be significant. This morning, WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green with more for us. What you're hearing are HIMARS. It's a rocket system the Ukrainians are using. They deployed it in a major strike on Crimea on Saturday. There are a wide range of casualty assessments. Russia claims anywhere from 2 to 10 Russian troops were killed. Ukraine says dozens, even approaching 100 to 200 Russian troops were killed. Over the weekend, Ukraine said it killed more than 600 troops in just one day, making a reference to these attacks. The strike is significant because it's believed to have wiped out a hotel where Russian mercenaries linked to the Wagner Group were staying. According to witnesses, there were 10 explosions, and the night sky on Saturday was lit up, and so was Ukrainian social media, with news about this massive strike. Now, Ukraine's military says the weather is causing some problems, but when it gets colder, things will improve. Sounds counterintuitive. Explain what that's about. That's right, Sean. It's muddy and wet right now. And heavy military equipment just gets mired in all of that muck. It doesn't move. It's hard to do anything. This has essentially slowed Ukraine's counteroffensive almost to a halt. So what they mean when they say it'll get better when it gets colder, the ground will be frozen. And this heavy equipment will move a lot easier, just like those HIMARS that you were hearing in that report there. Also, the Ukrainians are much better prepared from clothing and equipment standpoints than the Russian troops. So as the weather gets colder, these Russian troops who are seriously understaffed, underfed, underclothed, and under everything will be at a major disadvantage. For the latest in the war between Ukraine and Russia, WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green talking with Sean and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Good morning. You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Good Tuesday morning, December 13th, 4.15, sports time indeed. Rob Woodfork's turn this morning. One number stands out from the Wizards' 112-110 loss to the Brooklyn Nets. 20 turnovers, leading to 21 points. Why Wes Lunsell Jr.? I think at times guys try and do too much, make things happen on their own. It's tough for switches. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily what you're running, it's how you run it. And, you know, just reading how they're guarding it, you know, slipping and get below coverage. Sometimes they hold on to it too long, and that's an aggressive defense. Kevin Durant has 
had 30 points and nine rebounds in his hometown. And Kristaps Porzingis scored 12 of his 20 points in the first quarter before sitting out the fourth with back tightness that leaves him day-to-day. Navy Athletic Director Chet Gladchuk explained the reason behind firing Ken Niamatololo as the longtime head football coach of the midshipmen. I conveyed it to him, and I also conveyed it, as I mentioned, for 20 years to the head coach every year. As a matter of fact, the coach states to his team you know, what his goals are every year and what our objectives are. And again, it was clear as a bell. There's no confusion with regard to what the expectations are. Which he says is commander-in-chief trophies and bowl eligibility. Niamatololo told ESPN he was fired at his post-game locker immediately after the double overtime loss to Army. Niamatololo, the winningest coach in program history, but just completed a third straight season with four or fewer wins and has lost five of the last seven meetings with rival Army. The Washington Commanders activated Carson Wentz from injured reserve, but starting center Tyler Larson is headed to IR, and the Arizona Cardinals would lose Kyler Murray to a non-contact injury in the first quarter of a 27-13 loss to the New England Patriots. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Rob. As always, 416 on WTOP. Federal government is looking this week into TikTok, the Chinese social media company, over security concerns. CBS correspondent Scott McFarland Tuesday morning on why it could post a real threat to our national security. TikTok's vice president of public policy, Michael Beckerman, says the worry is overstated. I, I think for, it makes it makes for it makes for good politics. He says TikTok collects less data than other social media apps and is also working to move user information to servers in the United States out of the reach of China. I mean, this would be the firewall. But again, bulletproof. Nothing is bulletproof, but for the concerns that are being raised on this, yeah, this is bulletproof. The military in at least seven states prohibit the use of the social media app TikTok on official government devices. WTOP at 417. Parents of students with disabilities in Virginia have won a major legal dispute over mask wearing in schools. One of Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's first acts in January was signing Executive Order Number 2, which gave all parents the right to decide if their kids wore masks at school. Parents of disabled children immediately protested and filed a lawsuit, saying the Virginia directive was contrary to protections given their kids under federal disability laws. Now the state has settled with the parents, agreeing schools must accommodate kids with disabilities with teacher and student masking. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. The top stories we're following this morning, a former Northern Virginia clergyman found guilty this week of sexual abuse against a minor. A grand jury indicts Loudoun County's recent fired superintendent of schools. We'll tell you what charges he's facing this morning. And the former CEO of the failed cryptocurrency firm titled FTX was arrested in the Bahamas this week. Stay with WTOP for more on these developing stories in just minutes. Where the time now, Tuesday morning, December 13th, is 418. Good morning. Traffic and weather on the 8th, over to Ian Crawford in the WTOP Traffic Center. Our Virginia work zones are clearing or in the process of clearing and should be gone and pretty soon. And we should have nice, quiet lanes. 66 looks much better now as you travel between Haymarket and the Roslyn Tunnel. Main travel lanes are okay because the overnight work in the main travel lanes is gone. However, I do see coat in the express lanes on 66 westbound near 28 Centerville. And this is going to push you over to the left in a single file in the express lanes. Main travel lanes, they are okay. Not sure whether we have our ramps back westbound on 66. The ramp to southbound Nutley Street was blocked by work. And the right lane of two on the ramp from 66 westbound to go west on Route 50. Exit 57B. That was blocked by work as well. 95 southbound, we got a disabled truck 
near Lorton, exit 163. Two left lanes are getting by it. Northbound, our work is just about done. They were just finishing up that work near Garrisonville, after all. You saw the cone picker upper move through the camera shot uh, just before exit 143. So they are picking it up over on the left side. Two to the right, getting by until you get past the cones. Once you're past the cones, you are clear. Express lanes have once again reopened at the beginning at Garrisonville. That overnight work zone has cleared as well. Maryland 95 should have seen the last of our work zone northbound near the Baltimore Beltway. 270, all work zones have picked up and gone away. We should have all our lanes and our ramps back at our disposal. 70 westbound, there might be some lingering work after Mount Airy before you get to New Market over on the left side, but not much fuss getting past it. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. It's still a fairly cloudy sky overhead, and it will remain partly to mostly cloudy for the rest of your Tuesday as well. No rain to worry about today, just cloudy and cold. Temperatures in the low to mid-40s this afternoon. Down below freezing tonight going into Wednesday morning. And then for Wednesday, another mostly cloudy and cold day, high 44. Dry through the daylight hours tomorrow, but a high chance for what will be almost all rain in Metro Washington. But a rain, sleet, snow, ice mix combination possible on the I-81 corridor. Thursday morning. It will all end as rain Thursday afternoon. I'm Storm Team 4, meteorologist Chuck Bell for WTOP. You're waking up to a bit of a chill this morning. 31 degrees in Rockville, 34 Ashburn as well in District Heights. It's 34 and holding in our nation's capital this morning. 4 a.m. hour, Tuesday morning, December 13th. Glad you're with us here at WTOP. Brought to you this check by New Look Home Design. The roofing experts call one 800 279 5300, that's 1-800-279-5300, for design.com. Check them out. WTOP at 421. Good morning. Washington Jesuit Academy provides high-quality, tuition-free education for 4th to 8th grade boys from underserved communities in the DMV. Since 2002, WJA has provided a transformative educational experience and extensive support to its graduates, empowering them to pursue a lifetime of success. WJA is built upon the spirit of giving from generous donors in our community. To help those most in need this holiday season, visit wjacademy.org to participate in WJA's Spirit of Giving holiday campaign. New gifts to WJA will be matched up to $50,000. This is WTOP News. We've been telling you here on WTOP about a spike recently in fentanyl overdoses in our region. It's an epidemic that is impacting families throughout the entire country, in fact. And a new report by the Washington Post is digging into who is responsible for all this. The Post apparently found that presidents from both parties failed to take action to effectively combat one of the most urgent threats facing the country right now. One of the reporters on this piece is Nick Merrill. It's really staggering, and I, you know, while I know that readers have heard about fentanyl, I don't know if the public has, has really realized just how bad this has gotten. And I'll just tell you quickly that last year there were 107,000 fatal overdoses in the United States. About two-thirds of those were linked to fentanyl. That is by far the highest rate ever. We have an, uh, someone dying in the United States every seven minutes from a fentanyl overdose, and fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 49. It's, you know, it's really it's really just a, a, a devastating, staggering toll, and it has gotten much, much worse during the pandemic. Since 2019, the number of fatal overdoses in the country is up 94%. Now, the Drug Enforcement Administration obviously knew something was going on here. You call these missteps and cascading mistakes. Go through that. Why did the DEA fall down on the job here? 
Well, I will just start by saying that it isn't only the DEA. This is an, an institutional failure that spans really um, almost every federal agency and successive administrations. But in the case of the DEA, you have an agency that has had a series of acting administrators over the past several years that, you know, initially, you know, viewed fentanyl as, as more of a, an additive to heroin than a threat unto itself. And, and then, you know, later remained, you know, very focused on, on, on China and Chinese precursors, even at a time that um, the amount coming over from Mexico was, was really growing. You guys did so much work on this story. What was the most startling thing that you learned? You know, I really think it's both the, the sharp rise in the death toll in the last few years, but also just the extraordinary volume of fentanyl that has been coming across the, the border. Last month, U.S. authorities seized 2,900 pounds of fentanyl at the Mexico border. That's more than they were seizing in an entire year just a, you know, a few years ago. So it, it's, it's cheaper than ever. It's a, a fake M30 fentanyl pill. On the streets now, sells for four or five dollars a piece, and so that has just driven down the cost of of using these drugs. And at the same time, the pills themselves are getting more potent and killing more people as a result. Washington Post reporter Nick Miroff talking with Sean and Hillary. You are listening to one hundred three point five FM at WTOP.com. The time now is 425. Money news at 25 and 55 on TOP. Well, there aren't many of them left, but Sears hometown stores, which were spun off from the Sears chain when it went under 10 years ago, has filed for bankruptcy itself. These smaller stores sold appliances, tools, hardware, and lawn and garden equipment. The $5.7 billion worth of Tesla stock that CEO Elon Musk donated to an unnamed charity at the end of last year went to his charity, the Musk Foundation. But according to tax records, $160 million went to nonprofits in the past year, including $55 million to St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, $54 million to the XPRIZE Foundation for carbon removal projects. And during the pandemic, a ton of Americans bought Weber grills, doing a lot more cooking and grilling right in the backyard. Now, demand for those grills is still hot, so much so that a Chicago-based private equity firm, BTD Capital, is bidding $3.7 billion to acquire Weber Grills. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Tom Busby on WTOP. Here's Paul Blahush, the Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Department of Labor, on the discussion implementing a zero-trust architecture framework sponsored by Rubric. The the outcomes that are going to matter to me are, first of all, that this works seamlessly for our stakeholders. If they need to get to something that the Department of Service or Data Department of Labor has, we need to make sure that that is an improved experience for them. Now, does that mean speed? Does that mean reliability? It means all those things. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search rubric. Data security is the new frontier in cybersecurity. For federal agencies, this means implementing a cloud-smart approach to data management without adding complexity. Rubric can help your agency protect your data from cyber threats by using enhanced analytics and mitigating sensitive data exposure. Rubric protects your data wherever it lives, across enterprise, cloud, and SaaS, so you can become unstoppable at Rubric. Rubric, our mission is to let you focus on yours. Rubric, R-U-B-R-I-K. 